All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Coming in hot is presented by Botano. The game starts now. Here are your hosts, Brent Wallace, Jason York, and Bobby Ryan. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Brent Wallace alongside Jason York and Bobby Ryan, who's currently under a severe tornado storm warning. So, Bobby, I guess if we hear the sirens, you're out of here. Yeah, if I if I take off running, but uh, I'm looking outside right now and it's not as overcast as it was. I'm uh, supposed to get bad again this afternoon, but I forewarned everybody if I do have to run, it's for that reason and that reason alone. But uh, I think we made it through the worst <laughs> of it. <laughs> wild like and yorkie you lived in nashville too i i don't know what it's like to live under a tornado warning i guess yeah you get it's not fun <laughs> it almost took our roof off back when we were there you like it gets loud and all of a sudden like when you're from canada like you're not used to crap like that so i i feel you bobby get low find the lowest spot in the house get, if it's coming that's it yeah, no, I had it all set up last night just in case I heard the sirens and had to run, um, or at least the warnings go off. But nothing, nothing came, so it was a good night. Um, and then it looks like it's going to be okay. I'm watching. Um, if I'm looking down, it's because I'm watching and everything looks fine. But that the wind's picking back up again, so we'll see. Fair enough. And hey, by the way, it'll still be better Wi-Fi than Yorkie, so we're all good. Exactly. Um, this <laughs> <Perfect>. show is. <laughs> <laughs> I've got this everything turned off in the house. 
Everything's <laughs> off. It's not, the only, the well, only thing, everything's unplugged. It's this is the only Wi-Fi that's being streamed right now, so we're good. Okay. Okay. We shall see. Uh, I put money. It would be a good time to bet on Batano right now if Yorkie's Wi-Fi pauses. But uh, I'll take the over at one. Bobby, will you take the over or under? Oh, on Yorkie's I'm taking Wi-Fi? the over. Okay, I got. I can't even go against you. I cannot go against you. <laughs> this show is always right brought to you by Botano.ca. Go to Botano, download the app. Uh, the game starts now. Botano always. Uh, lots of great storylines uh, and lines on the games, uh, including tonight, uh, Friday night's game, which is against Chicago. We'll get to that at the end with our lock of the day, uh, which I, by the way, am now known as the smartest man in hockey since Yorkie has lost significantly of late. You were 12-1. and one, You're now 13-6, and six, Yorkie. Like what happened? Well, this, the, you got to understand the smartest man in hockey is all encompassing. It's not just betting because be- betting, <laughs> betting, you will eventually lose. The house always wins. There's many other, there's many other facets, Wally. It's, it's, it's about player okay. identification. It's about the betting. <laughs> hey, I, I'll never, uh, I'll never proclaim to be a great better. And especially, uh, especially what's going on right now with this team, man, it's uh, like, come on. You had no business winning both those games on the weekend, by, by the way, like, like, what was, what was it? 40, 46 shots. Mandelazy stopped. Second, uh, second, uh, second, uh, second, uh, 40, I think he had 46. Yeah. 46 saves. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good for the kid. But come on. Like that's not happening. Just running on <laughs> adrenaline. Yeah. <laughs> well, when it comes to that stuff, by the way, our guest today, Andrew Hammond, will ask him about being thrown into the yeah. fire and what all transpires. Uh, Kevin Mandelizzi, uh, that's the fifth best or fifth most saves uh, in your NHL debut. So that's a pretty good start for him. Also for Matt Sogard, who won the game before. Uh, so, uh, you know what? We're going to get to uh, – I know he's waiting, so we're going to get to Andrew Hammond. As always, though, this show brought to you by – hang on one sec, Alex – Hi, Hammy. Nice to see you. Uh, this show brought to you by Renfrew Pro <laughs> Tape. Go to renfrewpro.com, uh, download, uh, and you can check out their website. They have uh, uh, boxes you can buy of, of tape if you want and all kinds. You can find them at major retailers, Canadian Tire, Sport Check, uh, Pro Hockey Life. Go to renfrewpro.com. Uh, and then, of course, on Instagram where they have Free Tape Friday, uh, Renfrew Pro Field the Game. They're the ones with the green court. Okay. Uh, we showed them a little bit. Uh, but now back by popular demand, Andrew Hammond, sir, how are you? I'm doing good. Glad Bob's staying safe. And as I said, make sure you get to the bottom of the five floors. You probably got there too, if something bad happens. So good to be back. (laughs) It's a long run down the stairs, but I'll get there. (laughs) Good to see you, buddy. (laughs) Don't get stuck in the elevator. Do you have (laughs) (laughs) Bobby, do you have any, um, like, do you have any comfort stuff in the shelter? Do you got like yeah, a big dots present set up? I always threw dots pretzels. No, God, no. The comfort, like a comfort food. I got dots pretzels and a and a one liter of water, a one liter of water. So I'm good. That's that's about as comfortable as it gets right. in there. Uh, Mr. Hammond, congratulations on your retirement, which you just announced. Also, you're just turned 35 on your birthday. You're retired now, which means, of course, you live in Florida. Yeah, just following the, uh, I guess, what you're supposed to do. No, I, I mean, this was kind of just supposed to be a temporary thing, and now all of a sudden we're, we're just down here permanently now. But, um, 
I haven't checked the weather in Ottawa lately, but right now it's uh, pretty comfortable where I am, so I can't complain too much. <laughs> Are you? Have you started golfing? Is that what you're like? What does the retired Andrew Hammond do? Well, I couldn't golf all summer because of my ankle. Um, so I had some friends in town last week. Finally started it up again. It wasn't pretty, but um, first week in I don't know, almost two years now. So on to newer wow. and better things, and the handicap can only get lower. Yeah. Well, well, that's not true entirely, but I was going to say, have you started golfing now, Wally asked? Like, this, every single every single chance we got to golf uh, to golf while we played together, and Hammy had us setting games up, you know, him and Stoner, myself, Cease. There, there was a lot of golf games mid-season uh, when, when Hammer was playing with us. Got to be the, the we, worst golfer who loves golf the most, probably. I would say that would fit my, my description. Yeah, that's it. That's what I always is, think about is, you uh, when you golf. Who nice is the guy, guy Bobby? Loves the game. <laughs> Tries hard and who loves the game. <laughs> Hammer, Hammer, were you that guy? Were you the guy that when you guys were somewhere and you had a day off or something, were you the guy that was, was calling the pros, setting stuff up? Was it, Were you that guy? Yeah, but I, I didn't have as much pull. So it was like, I remember one time we were in San Jose, we showed up at this like municipal golf course, and I think I dragged out Hoff, and Weidman was there too, and – I asked if they had rentals and they had nice rentals for the righties, but Hoff's a lefty. And it was like the the pro shop's dad's grandpa's like driver, irons, everything. And Hoff looked at it and it was like a Twizzler in his hand. Just like couldn't even believe he was even still playing. It was hilarious. But I would try to. We, we tried playing whenever we had a day off and stuff. It was fun, though. Nice, nice. I, I didn't know you were that big a golfer. I mean, I'm... I'm not. I I try to play as much, but for whatever reason, I just I, I need to I need to play less and practice more. And so far, I haven't come to that that part of my life where I'm willing to make that sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, I don't know if you know. Do you know what today is? February sixteenth. Does that ring a bell to you at all? And I know it's like around now. I don't know the exact date. Um, I know it's middle of February, though, give or take. On this days. date in 2015, Clark MacArthur collides with Robin Leonard near the end of the second period, and in comes one Andrew Hammond, who makes his NHL debut. Although, I should point out, you did allow two goals on five shots or three goals on five shots. <laughs> and I should point out that that wasn't actually my NHL debut. It was the year before. Oh, but that's right. Oh, First game was, yeah. <laughs> Close enough. Walk it back, you, Wally. <laughs> <laughs> Let's redo the show. Um, Come on, Wally. You're supposed to be prepared. Did you have, I know, did you have any uh, thought of what was about to transpire in Carolina for you? Um,. Well, firstly, it was actually pretty scary when that whole thing happened because they were both just completely out of it. And I mean, I obviously knew I was next man up, but um, we they, they called the period with like two and a half minutes left. And we ended up playing the third period for, I think, like 22.30. And in between, like Robin was, people were speaking to him in English and he was responding in Swedish. So I obviously knew there was like a head injury, concussion type thing. So I, I knew what that meant. I knew that I was, I knew where Craig was at that point. I knew that I'd be playing and 
I guess managing the emotions a little bit was kind of hard at that point, knowing that like, holy cow, like I'm the guy now. And I hadn't even, I, I hadn't played at all. I'd been up for, I think three weeks, hadn't played me. And so dealing with, I guess, kind of just like the mental part of it was hard that game. And I think that's part of the reason why I, I, I played crappy in the third, but the good thing is, is it felt like I kind of got my feet wet and got the nerves out of the way so that then the next game we played Montreal, it was kind of a little bit easier. And so when I, when I saw what happened this year with them, I thought it was good that Sogard got to play a little bit in the third and kind of get, get his feet wet again after not playing for a little while and see the speed and all that stuff, even if it was only a few minutes. But um, yeah, no, I mean, people have asked if I see the similarities for sure. Yeah, well, I, uh, you I think my too, question. Like, do you, do you... Nobody, we weren't winning that game after the, the incident, right? After Clark and, and Robin went back, because we got back to that. They called the period, obviously, like, like Hammy said, and we got back there, and that room was, a, you could hear a pin drop in that room. Um, and guys get hurt all the time, but that was, that one was different. Um, so he had nothing going on in front of him for the third period. It just, it was set up for failure and um, whatever it was, two goals on five shots. I don't know the exact stat, but it, like, like Hammer just said, it was a good thing because, we all got it out of the way and we could start, he could start his run and we could start the run that he took us on the next night. So then I guess, what was it like? I mean, I've asked this question before to players and, and I think of the latest being like Scott Sabern and, and also Mark Borbieski, as we know well about guys who, and Anton Forsberg, you see leave on stretchers or you know that are seriously hurt uh, how do you recover from that to play? I, and I understand you're professionals, you're supposed to just go play, but that's never really the case. Uh, you've all had to play through those, I'm assuming, at some point. Yeah, I mean, you just feel like you have a, like a pit in your stomach almost. Um, yeah. There's always a few people that, I mean, you'll go make sure guys are okay, but you see a guy on the training table kind of thing, and it's like the people around are just kind of giving each other the eyes, like, yes, it's good, no, it's not good, and um, yeah. I don't know. It, it's hard, but you just try and, I mean, still do your job and compartmentalize as much as you can. But like, I, I think back to obviously not quite as serious of a situation, but like in the NFL this year with the DeMar Hamlin thing, like, I don't know how those guys would have come back. Like that's more yeah. life or death than a lot of these things. It's more just worrying about their day-to-day -day life, how they're going to be for a week, two weeks, a month, however long it might be. And, um, it, it's hard when you see a teammate go down and, having to try and still do your job. And as soon as they get taken off the ice, the puck drops, play starts again. No one else really, yeah. I mean, the other team isn't necessarily going to be too affected for the most part, usually, but um, yeah, it's not the easiest thing for sure. And, and Hammer, when, when, when you go in there to being a goalie, you're all by yourself back there. So you're alone with your thoughts. You're, you're, you're thinking about different things than the rest of the guys are on the bench. But how, how about this one? With goaltenders, I always hear this because with, with players, when you get called up, it, it, the adjustment is it's uh, it's pretty big. I heard you say something when, when Sogart came in, it was good that he got a chance to get used to the speed. When goalies come up from the AHL, how much of a difference or adjustment is it? Is because I hear sometimes say it's easier because people are in the right spots, the D zone's a little bit better. Is is it is the gap that big when you come up to get used to it from the AHL to the NHL? Um, yes and no, it's a lot faster, but at the same time, it's a little bit more predictable. It's, it's pretty chaotic in the American league. Um, 
So I think if you have a, a decent understanding of what the right hockey play is, it can almost be a little bit easier. Um, like guys are the best in the world. They're going to make the right play nine times out of 10, if not more. In the American League, it might be seven times out of 10. So if you have a good structure in your game and you kind of play to the percentages a little bit, but then also just kind of, I mean, it's a fine line of reacting and, and reading, but um, it, it's the speed, I think, is the biggest adjustment when you first come up. And I think it, it even more than when you come up, when you go down from being in the NHL to the American League, it seems so slow. And that's probably the oh, biggest yeah. difference. It's, it's almost harder going down than it is coming up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And that's the, um, I always found that, you know, my experience in the American League wasn't overly long, but every time I, in that first year, I went up and down, however many times was the cap is the amount of times I did it. But um, I always got down, I always got down to the American League. I was like, oh my God, you have no idea where the next guy's going or what he's doing. And, this, mm -hmm. you know, the structure says to do this and, and so-and-so is just off on a tangent doing what they're doing and you're just like <laughs> pucks are going all over the place. Bodies are flying. You're like, can I go back up, please? Like, not even for the money side of things. I just want to stay healthy. <laughs> like, Cause you'd have no clue who was on a PTO for that one individual week that wants to run somebody through the wall. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bobby, try it, playing it in the nineties. Like try... <laughs> oh. Sorry. It was almost like you didn't even need a, a team pre-scout. You just needed to know like who the tough guys are, who the scorers are. You just needed to it's so good. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Stay away from this guy and take the puck away from the other guy. <laughs> uh, so you and you when you came up, you said you sat on the bench for a while. And if I'm not mistaken, and I don't know if you were ever told anything. Uh, I found out later, like no one was expecting you to play in any game uh, while Andy was hurt. It was just supposed to be Robin Leonard until he got back. Were you ever told that you may not play or any of that? I wasn't told, but um, this is a kind of a funny story that I don't know if I, I've told before. Like when I had first signed out of college, it was a two-way deal and all this stuff. And um, in like November, start of December of that year, they had talked about basically signing me to the same contract again. Um, and they came down to a game. I think we were playing Toronto or something. And I didn't play great. And I was under the impression that it was basically like the following week I'd be signing the same thing. And they basically pulled it off the table. And then um, I didn't really know what was going to happen. I knew they weren't happy with me when they basically said they weren't going to resign me. And then when I kind of got forced in, it was like, this was the greatest thing ever. Like, the, you, you think it's the worst thing happening to you that you're losing on a contract. But then obviously it turned out to be the best thing for me. But um, I, there wasn't a lot of communication. I was just kind of going about my business, trying to work as hard as I could. And um, if I got a chance, whether it be five minutes relief, 15 minutes or a game. I was just hoping that I'd be ready. Um, were you and Robin Leonard close? I know because you replaced him in games a few times, um, obviously the injury, but a few other times he got pulled. Uh, was there like, and he's a fiery competitor. So were, was he okay with you being around? Yeah, we, we, we actually had a good relationship. Um, I mean, he, he's, uh, as, as you said, he's a fiery guy, but but to me, I felt like he always tried helping me out, um, giving me guidance. And it's funny to an extent because he played so young. Um, like I, I was older than him, but he was the one giving me advice on certain things. So um, the, the other thing, though, is like once I started playing, he wasn't around a lot just because of what he was dealing with with, the, with his head and the concussion and stuff. So 
Um, I didn't see a ton of him around then, but I've seen him since, and we still have a good relationship and seen my weddings and different things and always gotten along really well. Uh, uh, good stuff. Robin's hey, one of those guys. For... Uh, oh, uh, he, I was just going to just wrapping that up. Robin is very, very fiery and competitive, but I actually think, and I don't know, and I would think that he'd be the first person in your corner if you were backing him up and going in in his relief um, because he's, mm -hmm. he just wants to win. So he, he's a nut job that just wants to win. <laughs> <laughs> very eloquent I'll, I'll, I'll wait to ask what you very yeah. eloquent <laughs> i'll ask you, yeah you for you to describe hammy in a sec here uh time for tale of the tape brought to you by renfrew pro tape uh go to renfrewpro.com this is where we learn a little bit more and i've tried to find some different notes about you but not everybody knows the whole entire hammy story so um alex do we have tale of the tape ready to go here we go First goalie in NHL history to win 21 of 27 games. Oh, it's a live shot. We've never done this before. Uh, best save percentage in franchise history, a minimum of 50 games played. That's at 923. Uh, 20, one of three goalies since 2010-11 to win 20 games in a season for the Ottawa Senators. And 2,143. That's the days between your NHL games uh, from the April 16th to February 22nd, which I think speaks to the perseverance that you had as a goaltender and as a person. And I, I just like, that's nearly six years. And did you ever think that that day was going to come and ended up being Montreal, uh, that you were going to get back in an NHL net? Um, to be honest, not, I mean, half, half the reason we're in Florida right now is because we had kind of got, we're getting prepared to go overseas to play. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the, the turning point on when I, I kind of started to lose hope a little bit was like the, the COVID year where I, I got stuck on the taxi squad in Minnesota the whole season, didn't yeah. play. And it was almost like, I didn't even know if I was going to get a, a contract after that. And fortunately they, they re-signed me for, for last season. And when, when I got traded though, it was like the, the day after my birthday, it wasn't even close to be on my radar. And it was like, you got to be on a plane in four hours. So um, it, it was a lot to digest and, not, not the best day for it to happen, but um, it all ended up being a blessing in disguise. And um, my time in Montreal was actually great. And it, it's funny, like the, some of the stuff up there, I, I didn't even know about as far as the, the records and, and crap like that. But I do like to joke that I'm the, the winningest goalie in Montreal Canadians history because I played three games and I went three and oh, so I got, <laughs> can add that to the team. I was gonna. I was gonna joke uh, about that. Yeah. Funny how it all. It it all like. I mean, I'm the last person that ever would have expected to have a record. I don't want to be self-deprecating or anything, but like, I never expect any of it. So it, it's funny now that I can kind of laugh about all that stuff. Are you okay uh, talking all the time about the Hamburglar run? Uh, it's become. I guess if you mention it, everybody knows you, but I don't know if it becomes, you don't want to always be just known as that guy, but uh, I, I mean, you guess, I guess you tell me. No, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. I mean, the, the nickname itself, I never envisioned taking on the life it did, but um, if, if the nickname's not there, like, I don't think there's really that much memory about me specifically. It's, the Sens run in 16, like I've, I've kind of stolen the, the storyline with that just by having a, a nickname that I guess people latch on to. So um, I, I'm, I have no issue. I disagree. That season. It was a lot of fun. I, yeah. It was, 
I just so I disagree too. You went. You can be. You yeah, can be. You went twenty-one and two. Want, yeah, you you might have you yeah. might have taken us on a ride, but it's fine. Yeah, our run was great, but I think a lot of it had to do with you. So yeah, <laughs> you can keep it. Uh, like you went. Uh, you tied. I mean, you've heard the other stuff. You tied Frank Brimzik from in 1938-39 to be the first goalie to win uh, or go 11-0-1 in your first 12 starts. Um, and then you were the first goalie in NHL history to earn a point in your first 15 starts at 14-0-1, a 1.67 goals against average, a 9.46 save percentage. I think you were the one that stole the show. You were NHL Player of the Month. Um, it's okay. You can you can pat yourself on the back a little bit. <laughs> I yeah, although Bobby, yeah. I, I I looked up the notes. Uh, you did help. You had four goals and thirteen points, I think, or four goals, nine point nine assists in uh, those twenty two games, twenty three games. Yeah, it wasn't. I actually remember going through a little bit of a mini, well, mini slump. It, yeah, I wasn't playing my best hockey at the time. Um, I think I scored in his in, in Hammer's first game in Winnipeg, and then it was a while before I did again. Um, I like to think I played my part in the shootouts during that time. That was they, because we got to quite a few of them. So I was I was the shootout yep. guy that came in and cleaned up after Turi. Hopefully, had scored the first one. <laughs> I actually, rem I remember, I actually remember that Bobby, you were uh, you liked the high glove, didn't you? You liked coming in and going the high glove. Were you a high glove guy? So everybody's told me that, and if you go back through it, no, um, I would in. make the move and then. Yeah, that went backhand, forehand, and then um, if I if I had to go high, I could. But most of my, I, I'll never forget Ray Emery was playing against us, and we really needed the two points to move into a playoff spot um, during that run. And Ray Emery made a business decision when I got down there and just decided if Bobby's beating me, it's going to be five hole because I'm not going down and I'm not taking the bait. So <laughs> he started with a poke check, and I just shot it, shot at five hole, and I looked back at him as I was skating by, and he's like, "Wasn't happening." You were not because yeah, I had him in Anaheim. He was like, "You were not doing that to me." So, uh, yeah. But anyway, I helped a little bit, but not 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 an overly big amount. Hey, Hammer. Um, when you get when you I I watched all those games. I was retired by then. I was doing. Uh, I think I was working for Sportsnet. But can you go back in your career? Because I I was looking at your stats, and obviously that's the best run you've ever had. But is there a time in in your career somewhere where? maybe in junior where you got that hot before? Like when you think about your career? Yeah. Yeah. Only, I, only once. Um, my, my last year of junior A, I was playing with Vernon and I, I think I had like basically the same stats and I got like, it was almost like shutouts in like four of six games. And we, we won the national championship that year. And even the last game I got a shutout again. And it was like, it was just every game. It was, didn't matter if there was, 50 shots, 20 shots. It was like 950 save percentage every night. That's like the only other time I've really had that feeling kind of thing where it's just, you're just flowing. And it's, I mean, I think part of it's like if, if you're playing well and you're playing every night, you just get into like, it's so easy. And like, I was watching the, the new Netflix golf thing, the, the full swing. And like Brooks Koepka was talking, he's like, I guarantee you Scotty Scheffler isn't thinking about a single thing. And then it like pops over to him and like, that's what it is. Like when you're going like that, you're not thinking about like, what am I doing with my glove? Where am I on the ice? You're just playing and it's just such a good spot to be in. But when you're not there, it feels like it's the hardest thing in the world to get back to. And yeah. that's exactly kind of how being a goalie, what it is like, that's, 
in a nutshell. When it's good, it's easy, it's great. When it's hard, it feels impossible. It's it's uh, it, it it's so true. So here's the other question: When you were going through this this streak, were you talking to anybody, or did people just leave you alone? So you know what? Don't talk to them. Uh, like, did you have a mental coach? Were you talking to the goalie coach? Or were you just like you said? You just you you're so thinking so purely that 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 was just you doing it on your own. No, I mean, Bobby might have a different, I guess vision of it but for me it was like i just i mean i was out being myself doing all the normal things i would do i wasn't acting like superstitious or anything i was just kind of i mean if i if i needed a, a a red bull or something i would drink it. it's not like oh i don't do that or whatever i was just kind of going with the flow and um i mean in, in some ways it just felt like i, I couldn't do anything wrong so i could kind of do what i wanted almost like kind of just go with the flow and um it was, it was, I mean, it was the most fun hockey or time I've played, had playing hockey. Um, and it just felt super easy. So, I, I mean, I tried talking to guys. It wasn't like anyone truly left me alone or anything like that. And I feel like for the most part, I think guys felt that way too. Yeah, it was weird so that, we, you know, you have a goalie on this kind of run and you're like, nobody talked to him. Just let him yeah. go about his business. And, and Hammer was like one of the most normal goalies ever. He's like, beers? anybody want to go for a beer? Want to do this? That? And you're like, no, go go home. Don't talk to anybody. Go home. But uh, one of the easiest oh. goalies I've ever had, for sure. So how do goalies get away with that, Hammer? Like, I, I started doing TV. You come into the pregame skit. Oh, you can't talk to this guy. It's I'm like, the guy's going to go home and have a nap, play with his kids, eat a lunch have yep. a sleep for three hours like let's, come on that's gonna be bullshit than not talking to the goalie in the morning like give me a break i mean one of one of my biggest pet peeves are the i guess the the thought that all goalies are weird so maybe i've gone completely against the grain where i just try being the complete opposite of that but um i mean my wife would disagree that i'm a total weirdo but uh, I, I feel like <laughs> i feel like I, I try being as normal as possible and it's not I mean, it's just kind of, I mean, you got to embrace who you are. And I, I feel like even though I've taken a few pucks to the head, I still feel like I'm a pretty normal guy who likes simple things. And that's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to run from that, I guess. So did you like the attention from us, the media? Cause you were surrounded. I'm going to say nearly every day. There was a rare day that you didn't speak. Um, and did you embrace that or you're like, oh, the same question again. How did I get this win? Um, I, I didn't mind it. I mean, it, it comes with the territory when you're kind of doing, I guess, what I was doing at that point. But at the same time, it was it was fun for me because I, I think I, I was still doing things to an extent where I was still having fun with it. Like the one that sticks out to me is like, it was only like the third or fourth game. It was like I said something along the lines of like, no one expected a goalie battle between Jonathan Quick and the Hamburglar, and like he'd won a cup the year before. And like, that's me like finding a way to laugh at myself that like this is funny what's happening right now. But I think throughout that time, like I tried having fun with it, and as much as I would give cliche answers for the sake of it to not cause a stir or yeah. something, there was times where I still have I would still try having fun with it and. I think that's kind of the, the way you have to go about it. If you start taking things too serious and going back to your previous question, I mean, I just tried having fun with it. Yeah. Cause you and I would sit afterwards and just chat, uh, which I always enjoyed. And we would just tell jokes or shoot the shit about stuff. It was just, 
it was, I found that entertaining, but uh, here you are going through this run and we're just, you're just a guy just having a chat, which I always appreciated. I, I just felt that you were just normal, which was nice. Um, so uh, before I move on to this year's integration of the Hamburglar run part two is that start against Montreal, your first NHL start. What was that like for you? Did you, did you nap? Okay. Was everything all like, did anything feel different? It, it feels different. You're kind of like, all right, well, I've done everything I can do. Here we go. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> like, you know, you know, you've prepared everything, but there's still that like unnerving little bit to it. And I guess I'll help you kind of segue into it is like, I, Ian Mendez talked to me the other day about like what these guys are going through. And I'm like, to be honest, my only advice would be like, like make a small goal, like get to the first TV timeout. And then after that, get to like the 10 minute mark and just try and like inch your way through the game. So that like at the end of it, maybe like you kind of have something to, that you can look back on, but at the time, like you're just trying to stay in the moment where you're not worrying about like, holy cow, like there's still 45 minutes left in this game. Like what's going on? So that was like my, my biggest advice, but like the Montreal game was truly like, if I'm being honest, like I got lucky in the first twice where it could have easily been two nothing Montreal and we're not sitting here today, but thankfully the hockey gods were looking over me a little bit and settled in after that and um, was able to kind of put together some, some pretty good hockey. And I think it's just about getting off on the right, as long as you start well, I think it gives you a chance to succeed. If you start poorly, it's a lot harder to battle back. Yeah. Your uh, let me think. your third game, third and fourth game, uh, you guys go on the road, and I know you know this, but you get your first NHL shutout, and then you don't go back to back. Uh, what's your shutout feel like? Are you counting down from like the fifteen minute mark, going, "Can we just get through this game?" Um, no, not really. But by that point, it was kind of like I had settled in a little bit. I think just getting the first win. I think I had forty yeah. something shots too the night, so it was like I, I felt like I could play if yeah. I was doing my thing, but. Um, it was interesting because that game, the first game against Anaheim, I actually felt awful. Um, and I got a shutout. So that's when the wheels in my head started turning. Like, okay, if, if you don't feel well and you just got a shutout, like maybe there's something here, like you can, you can play pretty well. And the next night in LA, I played really well. And that was a lot more challenging of a game and got another shutout, obviously. And then I feel like by then it was kind of like I had all the confidence and, momentum trending our way and it just kind of kept picking up and going through kind of I guess the rest of that western trip and then back home obviously yeah I remember we we swept that California trip which nobody does nobody ever sweeps that trip yep. um and then when you went back to back um goose eggs on on Anaheim in LA and I think we went up to San Jose third if I, if I remember correctly I can't I'm not exactly yep. sure but yep. Four, yeah a 4-2 win at San Jose yeah exactly so it was almost nice that you got to do those um, away from the media because it would have been drastically different if you had gone back-to-back shutouts, you know, in Ottawa. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. And like, I mean, you go to bed on the West Coast, wake up at, I don't know, like noon, like the news cycles from the previous nights already kind of like gone if you log on your phone a little bit. And I mean, there was still True. some, but you'd wake up to text and everything but for the most part i think being on the west coast kind of helped a little bit just staying level-headed and kind of helping me kind of figure out like how i go about 
staying level-headed because um, that was kind of sure. learning it too. Like you're achieving a lot of your kind of childhood goals and stuff and um, the ability to sleep after games wasn't the easiest, but luckily I was able to find a way and um, I guess just kind of stay between the lines as, as far as where my head was at. I will yeah. say sitting at the pool at the JW uh, is always nice in LA. That helps you kind of relax. That's a I've great actually never been to the pool there. <laughs> what? Oh, it's beautiful. It's a... What did you do? You you would have had a day off between LA San Jose. What did you do? I feel like we went between up to San LA Jose and, San and had a day off. Oh, maybe yeah. you're right. Maybe it was. We would always yeah, fly yeah. from LA to San Jose, that, and then you had a nice day off where you were shopping Santana Row or wherever it might be. Right. Um, LA was not a stayover city. Coaches and GMs avoid that <laughs> as well as they can. <laughs> That's it. Everybody, everybody's down at Santa Monica real fast. So uh, yeah, let's get you to San Jose where you can't you can't get anywhere quick. <laughs> you only walk on one street. Yeah, it's so crazy <laughs> down by downtown San Jose. It's like, have you guys ever went out downtown San Jose? No, I've never gone no out Santana Row. Yeah, no. no, Santana Row or bust. Um, the farthest I've been is to the mall at the bottom of Santana Row. <laughs> right, right. You wander across there. Yeah, I helped back then. I helped Meth pick a Christmas gift for his now wife. That's great. All right. I got to log out. I'm going to log out and back in. I got all you guys frozen. I'll be right back. I apologize. <laughs> See ya. Uh, okay. So, Hammy, uh, and I know you've spoken to Ian Mendez about this in the athletic article on Monday, I believe. Um, do you see similarities in this where the teams were roughly the same 10 points back when Mad Sogard took over? Two goalies that had nearly zero NHL experience. Um, young uh, and a team that's really not expected to do anything. It, like, does it feel kind of the same? I'll say this. I thought that uh, you guys were grasping at straws a little bit, trying to create the parallels almost. Like, yeah, there's 12 months out of the year, and yes, we are in the middle of February, and Yes, we did have the same save percentage in the American League before we got called up, me and Sogard. But I still thought it was a little bit of a stretch. And then I watched the game the other night when they're down by two goals and they tie it and they win a shootout. And then I was like, I have not seen a hockey game that felt more like a game from that run than that game where it's like nothing's going on, nothing's going on, goalie's playing well. And then all of a sudden, I guess he went in overtime. That was it. But then the Islanders game too, it's like... I will say they both had eerily similar feelings, but outside of that, it was two games, and I don't want anyone to get ahead of themselves or put undue pressure on anyone. <laughs> um, it, it's It's been fun to watch. I Honestly, regardless of, of, of Ottawa, one of my favorite things to do is watch goalies make kind of like their NHL debut, play their first game. My favorite thing to watch, see how they deal with things, and um, so it's it's been fun to see that. I guess the the last two games for Ottawa, and I get to watch a lot. Of, I get to watch a lot of hockey, and I've definitely had those games circled on my calendar this week. So, Hammer, you, Listen, you cannot so you come watch, on our show watch? and turn down. You can't turn down the Hamburglar run. You have to be all in. Okay, no, there's no negativity no. here. 
<laughs> he's not being negative. He's being honest. Hey, so you watched both, both, both those last two games by the Sens, Hammer? Yeah, I, I've probably watched, give or take, I don't know, maybe nine nine Sens games. I mean, I kind of flip yeah. between games for the most part. If, if I have one gripe about the league scheduling, it's that every game starts at 7 or 7.30 and there's no in between. Um, yeah. be nice if they broke it up a little bit more so you can flip and not be under admission. But I try and flip between games. Um, I watch both games, though. Um, I, I think, um, I mean, there, there's there's similarities for sure. So I'm I'm interested and um, I think I pay a little bit more attention. But um, if anything, I'm just happy to see the team win a couple games and kind of give hope that the, the playoffs are, are still a possibility. And, um, I mean, it's a, a team that was great to me. And so obviously I'm going to stay loyal to them and, and try and track them as much as possible. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United healthcare offers a variety of flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs coming off a parent's plan or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Bobby, you good? I just, um, sorry guys. I just popped back do you in. See, yep. Okay. Um, Mad, Mad Solgard and Kevin Mandelize, do you see, uh, or can you tell us what their style is like and, is there any similarity in their game to yours? Well, I'm not six foot eight, like both of them, but um, I, I would say if, if anything, um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to compare them to, to my game necessarily. Cause it's, I think it's pointless when two goalies are, are that big and I was barely an inch over six foot, but um I mean, I, I think this is this is a good thing. Is they're both such big bodies that you don't necessarily have to feel great all the time to still just get hit with the puck. So if they can focus on being in the right spots on the ice, it's going to help them a lot. Um, I thought maybe Kevin's a little bit more athletic. Mads is a little bit more um, structured, and I don't mean that as a slight to, to Kevin, but. I think maybe he's just more like an athletic and like, I mean, even when he got knocked over the night, tries throwing one leg up, like that's not something 
most five foot eleven goalies can do. So you can see the athleticism, and I think that's if there was anything. I think some of the the way I played back then was, was similar to that, where it was just trying to find a way to get a body part in the way. Um, but no, I was I was very impressed with both, and um, I've, I've harped on it before. I think for for a goalie, the discrepancy between AHL goalie and NHL goalie. I think they draw that line a little too too firm and it should be more of kind of a, a line in the sand rather than, I guess, written in stone. So um, it was good to see. Do you have to be 6'4 to 6'7 now? And, and we have a board of goaltenders. Uh, Ottawa, so right now, Kevin Mando, uh, sorry, I should say, Mad Sogard is listed as uh, tying the NHL record along with Ben Bishop at 6'7". They've also had Matt O'Connor, Magnus Helberg, Anders Nielsen, all at 6'6". So uh, five of the top six goalies have played for the Ottawa Senators, tallest goalies. Uh, do you need to be this tall to be in the National Hockey League these days? You, you don't. Um, does it help? Yeah, especially if you can move. I mean, the, the way the game's going, like everyone's turning into tennis player type body, but I'll, I'll give you a funny story about yeah. what my perception was about needing to be a certain height to get identified by the NHL and all this stuff. Before my last season of college, I've, I've always been basically six foot one. And uh, I'm thinking, how am I going to get a job out of college? All they want are like these six foot three, 200 pound goalies. So I tell our student information director at Bowling Green to change my height and weight on the like the stat sheet to 6'3", 215. And that's the end of it. My, my first <laughs> phone call with Rick Wamsley after they signed me. Hey, welcome to the team. Like, we're really excited to have you, but I got to ask you one thing. You're not 6'3". <laughs> And I said, Wamra, well, I'm, I'm not 6'3", and I'm not 215 either, but um, I thought it was the only way I could get someone to maybe highlight my name before the game and be like, oh, wow, he's got potential. Um, but, no, me and Wamra have joked about that since. And Wow. I mean, it's it's the reality that, like, people are going to write you off if you're 5'10", unless you have crazy numbers and stuff like that, when reality, you might be just as good as a guy that's 6'5", but... He's probably going to get more chances or drafted higher just because he yeah. is taller. It's the reality of it. Yep. Very much Interesting. so. Interesting. Yeah, because I think Mad Sogard was listed at 6'8 uh, two years ago, uh, and now he's down listed at 6'7. There's a few of those that okay. seem to change their height. Steve Martins, I think you played with Yorkie, was always listed Pumba. about 5'10, and he might have been 5'5. Five, five. Yeah, yeah. That was his nickname. We called him Pumba. From the Lion King, the little warthog there. <laughs> Just a little midget. <laughs> he had the short, he had the oh, short arms. Yeah, gonna, one of those guys with the short arms. Now, Bobby we, just off whole, uh, we now you pissed off a yeah. whole new crew off. I can't say that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh Ham, Hammy, before we go, uh Chris Neal's having his jersey <laughs> retired on Friday. Uh you played a lot of games with him, obviously. Do you have any Chris Neal stories you would like to share? Um, I think most of them are already out there. Maybe the one, the one yeah. that isn't, and this is like, I guess speaks to Nealer's humor. That's like, 
basically so juvenile almost, but like he, he makes himself laugh the hardest. And that's, I guess, the best part. We did the skills comp the one year, and FNUF had, like, an 88-mile-an-hour slap shot. So Neeler shows up early the next day, gets the glue gun out, brings in a muffin, and just glues a muffin to Dion's stick. And Neeler's, like, <laughs> beside himself laughing. Like, thinks it's the funniest thing. And he has to bring it, like, the stick room's, like, in the corner, like, where you can't see it. So he's tapping one guy, like, going around the room, like, hey, you got to come see this. And everyone's like, oh, ha-ha. And Neeler's just time but just i would yeah. say that's yeah i that's actually kind of like his, yeah <laughs> his locker room humor for the most part that other than everything else like what he did for his teammates and how hard he tried in practice every day which is just i mean he's the first guy to lead the drill every single day for probably 20 years oh you don't see that very often Neiler, go third, man. You're going the wrong way again. Go third. <laughs> but I, I could just picture him with a muffin taped to a stick. Well, hey, what do you think? Uh, is this good? Yeah. <laughs> I, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love that guy. I, God, I, love, I love that guy. Just killed him. So it, it would be funny. Um, like, I, I think it's a new trend now where, like, if a guy's playing a thousandth game, like, everyone, like, the Jamie Benn thing, everyone wore the hair the same way, no helmet impersonate the guy in warm-up an entire team impersonating Neeler during warm-up or like even his off-ice warm-up oh. would be one of the funniest things probably of my career if we could just impersonate his off-ice warm-up everyone he'd man he'd fight us all he'd fight every single guy <laughs> one by one that tried to follow up that stretching routine the tape the tape that's in his mouth that's down to his pads you're like what you're the, just the laces on tape. he's yeah, yeah, <laughs> the chewing on Renfrew Pro plug. <laughs> God, I worked them yeah, in. I worked them in. The in the hallway, like ten minutes before warm up even started, he was always the guy outside in the hallway, just standing there. I hope oh, yeah. the coaches' yep. meeting was over. <laughs> There'd be forty minutes on the clock. He was fully dressed. <laughs> Twenty six <laughs> minutes to warm up. So he's fully dressed with his bucket on and. <laughs> All right, moving on because I because eventually we got to get him uh, on. And he's just going to assault me for a couple of an hour, so we got we got to move on. <laughs> Let him. <laughs> All right, fair enough, uh, Andrew. I appreciate your time. Uh, you've always been so good to us, and uh, congrats on the the career and the retirement and all that you've uh, been able to accomplish. Uh, and the Hamburglar Run will always be something special for all of us here in Ottawa. We we appreciate it. So enjoy Florida uh, and enjoy the the golf game if it ever gets better. Thank you. No, anytime. It's always fun. I no, appreciate it. <laughs> Good to see you, bud. Take care. Take there care. goes Andrew Hammond. Thanks, Andrew. The Hamburglar, uh, who on this day in, in uh, 2015 was the uh, started the Hamburglar run as Robin Leonard and Clark MacArthur collide in the crease in, Car in Carolina. Um, like, Bobby, when did the players start believing in Andrew Hammond? Actually, pretty quickly. Um it was only a game or two that we were like, you know, maybe this miraculous run won't continue or play, but it was game or two in. we were, I shouldn't say that, two or three games in where we're like, okay, he's got some game back there and he's confident and he's, and he's feeling it a little bit. Um, I don't think anybody predicted even at that point how good it was going to be, but we, we understood that we could make mistakes pretty quickly. And that's a big thing for a team that you don't, that you don't have to live on that edge of mistake equals loss. Mm -hmm. Versus no mistakes equals yeah. win. Um, so he gave us confidence really, really fast. 
And I love, I loved what he said there, Bobby, because you know as well as I do, uh, so many goalies are weirdos, right? And they get all these superstitions. Yeah. You can't talk to them. So the only way for you guys to get as hot as you did was to kind of not care for a while, right? Like you just, just play. Yep. And 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 you got yep. you got this guy that's just you can talk to him, you can joke around with him, go for beers with him. He's playing golf on the road. Like this is awesome for a yeah. goaltender. So you're just like, that had to help, right? Nuts? Yeah. Have, yeah, oh, it, like it he's huge. This, this... Huge. Yeah. Comes in, first guy to have a sauna beer after the game and just hang out and you know um, do his thing. At, like because goalies just never really did that. Never never really yeah. have. Um, he was he was just one. I mean everybody on the team is one of the guys but he he embodied that so he was just embracing the run it was really really fun for him for us to be around him during the whole thing it's okay goalies are never one of the guys you can admit it um there's no, a couple of not, quick things yeah, i want to get through what, what well it's not what? true that's that's the ones that are the ones that act like that the boys love playing for them and and there's not a lot of them yeah. i'm not saying goalies are bad guys but I remember playing with Chris Osgood when he was a rookie. Same thing. He'd sit in the room. He'd make fun of guys before the game. He'd tease guys. He was uh, he was fantastic. Yep. And no, no, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm just, they never seem to be the ones that you see hanging out with a group. And I guess Patty Laleem was one of those guys. I think he was always hanging out exactly. with a few. Yeah. Vanner, Whitey. Um, okay, quickly, I got a couple topics before we get out of here. One is... Uh, Travis Hamannick had a three minute and 15 second shift in overtime. Uh, I, I can't look up shift charts of you two, so I don't know what the longest you guys have had, but um, Yorkie, you're a D guy in the national hockey league. Uh, how do you get through that shift? Great question. I didn't even realize it till you sent me that, uh, that stat yeah. on Hamannick. You're on, you're in survival mode. You're basically in survival mode and, and trying to <laughs> stay in the middle of the ice, not overextend. Legs are burning, lungs are burning, and it's like it's 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 I'm not gonna say it's life or death, but in your mind it feels like that. So yeah, I've had a few like that and it's it's not fun. It's uh you, you are battling your mind, your legs, and just praying for it to be yeah. praying for it not to get scored against. Uh and then, and then yeah. get to the bench and uh, get get a little oxygen oxygen tank going. I got nothing to add to that because every party, every party that's completely true. Every like you're just you're just sucking Straight wind out of the tailpipe eh, at the end of it. You're going, oh my god, yeah, just stay in the middle, stay in the middle, make Strides. them shoot through me. Like I, <laughs> like I, I went and looked Bobby, up. Like, I, sorry, go ahead. I, no, that's all right. I, I just say I, I looked up the last four games to see how it seemed like there was a lot of shifts that were over two minutes in the uh, Islander game. There was. Two, three, four, five, six times guys played over uh, two minutes, including Shane Pinto was two fourteen. Yeah. Um, and then the Calgary game, there was just Thomas Shabbat had two. Uh, Edmonton, there was three times uh, Shabbat with two of them, and then Montreal, there was four other incidents. That just goes back the last four games. I no longer well, two minutes used to be like the death now, but it doesn't seem that way anymore. It doesn't when you're chasing a game at the end and you got a guy like Chabby with a VO2 max yeah. through the roof. So you take those for what they are. He was probably played the last three minutes of the game, basically, right? But they were in the offensive zone the whole time yeah. against Calgary and then, you know, whatever it might be. So two minutes, I mean, two minutes is still a long time. Um, but if you get a couple stops mixed in over those two minutes, like Chabby can do that. You don't want Pintos of the world in the bed and like that one shift they 
they got hemmed against the Islanders. Like, you don't want those. Those are the ones that are anomaly, and you're just hoping that, you know, one of them just ices the puck and takes a break or something like that. But they got hemmed in. They gave up five, six shots in that one shift alone. So their numbers are, are grossly inflated. But I always look at guys that play the power play are going to have longer averages out of the gate, especially like a Brady or a Chabby that are sometimes on both units uh, out there. So I don't worry about it. I, the only time I worry about it is when you got guys that are clearly, clearly above the 45 second threshold night in and night out, then you got to bring them back down and talk to them. But the, it's pretty consistent across the board in the NHL now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You ever play for a coach, Bobby, that puts the, uh, sh- the uh, shift length, Post it after yeah. the game up on the board. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Here you like go, boys. if you're one one second over forty three or forty four average, you're getting a talking to. And I'm like, I played on the power play. We had, we were in their zone for a minute forty. What do you want me to do? Uh, yeah, nothing. So so beat it. <laughs> and and like people talk about. I remember we we're talking about uh, Claude Giroux shift length. Like why are Claude Giroux shifts? Well, because Claude goes out for the penalty kill faceoff, wins the draw, and gets off the ice. So that counts right as a shift, where it's five seconds. So you do exactly. that five times in a game, it's going to bring down your shift average. So that's that's why you'll see Claude's shift length really low um, because of those faceoffs. Uh, it, yeah, and and by the way, Claude, I I look because he had one game, uh, the Edmonton game, he had a two thirteen shift, but in the Islander game, I think he was on average right around forty five seconds. So, because uh, yeah. I'm used to him trying to, I guess, be on the ice for offensive or defensive draws and all that. Uh, quickly, a uh, couple other things before we get out of here, including lock of the day in the Chicago uh, Blackhawks coming to town. Uh, this show is always uh, happily presented by BEI Bonisher Excavating Inc. Heavy civil con, general contractor, uh, equipment rentals, aggregate topsoil sales, uh, concrete framework, uh, all kinds of stuff, including aggregate sales. Uh, give them a call. Also, they're hiring for the spring. Uh, they're looking for all kinds of different positions. 613-432-1120. Go to BonisherExcavating.com. BEI, helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. Uh, and we will get to the Montana's winner in one second. But lock of the day. So Chicago's in town, boys. Um and we saw that they got spanked against the Leafs. Uh, it didn't look good. They are struggling of late. Uh, will Patrick Kane be in the lineup is the question I have for you two to decide. Hang on one sec, Alex. Um, will Kane you guys be in think the lineup? Patrick Kane? Yeah. No. I do not believe that. No, I don't wow. see that. What day's deadline day? March third. So why 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 are we thinking he won't be in the lineup? Well, the, everybody's getting held out as of right now, right? They've already made the Tarasenko yeah, yeah. trade. Uh, Jacob Chickren's yeah. being held out. They're you talking. Know. I would suspect it just seems now it's getting earlier because player uh, teams want to get players into their lineup sooner as opposed to yeah. later, um, and we're starting to see all the talk and. It appears that Patrick Kane wasn't overly happy with the Tarasenko move to the New York Rangers. I think he really yeah. wanted to be part of that trade. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm changing my answer only because I, for some reason, I didn't <laughs> recognize that there was another week and a half. Like I was missing a week and a half in my mind, and I thought we were really close because I've seen all the other trade-related scratches. Um, yep. So, so I apologize, but I have to say yes, he will be in the lineup. I think, I think he will be in Too the late. lineup right up until the very last minute. No, no, no. Well, that's all right. You know really? what? Fuck it. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. He's, 
so he's he's only got nine goals, uh, 35 points. I think he's second on the team in scoring behind Max Domi. That's and it's the lowest point per game of his career, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, like he's not the same, and I know he's battling an injury. He just, I just think mentally he's checked out. Well, I, but I don't know. Tough like you mean, you know him, Bobby. It's hard. It's hard to eat when you're full, and then you're going through that, right? Um, I think he's just. I think he's just got to get out of there, and he'll be the same guy he was, and be surrounded by players that yeah. want to win and have the same mindset. I, I, I just don't see him as a guy that wants to ride off into the sunset. But I could be wrong. Yeah, he's he still has the goods. He's still got it. It's when you lose that much, and he's in a market too where. He, probably a little tougher to hide in a Chicago. Um, not that he wants to hide versus you're playing in Anaheim or Nashville where you're, yeah. you're, you're getting questioned all the time. I, I think once he gets there, I agree with Bob, he's going to, I think he'll flourish, especially if he, uh, yeah. good players have, everybody's got pride, but you put him in a, in a spot where he's got a chance to win again. I think you'll see a big jump in his production, but uh, I think he's going to, I think he's going to play too. Once it gets closer to the deadline, maybe they hold him out. Uh, but I see no reason why he doesn't play. It's not like the Arizona Coyotes, what they're doing right now with Chikrin. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, just yeah. trade the guy already. Like, enough's enough. Right. Like, come on. I don't even want to talk about it. Well, you it went through that, Bobby. I'm so, so tired of it, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and that became the talk with Stoner, right? And then Duchesne and Dezingle being held out. Yeah especially in the Chicago game, I think was the one where everybody got held out. It just seemed to be, all right, we're just now waiting for everybody to move. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's horrible way to play and to go to the rink. So um, I see him as a guy that's going to play right up until the very end though. Yeah, me too. Okay. Me too. Uh, all right. Now time for lock of the day, which is against Chicago. Now here's some notes for you before you make your picks and selections. Uh, the Sens have not beat Chicago in the last eight meetings, 05 and 3. The last win was December 20th, 2016, when one Bobby Ryan opened the scoring in that game, and Mike Condon was in goal. Um, oh. Patrick Kane, by the way, 28 points during uh, an 11-game point streak versus Ottawa. Eight goals, 28 points, nine multi-point games. Uh, however, Chicago, as I said, 2-6-1. and one in their last nine games. So, and Ottawa, uh, by the way, six and one in their last seven. Uh, you're both losers at the moment, so I don't know who to pick first, but I'm going to allow Bobby to try to get to 500 first. So, Bobby, who do you think is going to win this hockey game? I am taking taking the Sens. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not on the wagon with these two goalies yet, but I, I've liked the way that oh, – they should have lost both those games. I think we can say that. And there will be a letdown game here uh, soon. Don't think it's this one. I'm, I'm going to take this one. I, lo I love how Wally's got the heading under his name now, too. <laughs> After five, he's had five <laughs> bats. He's three and two. Oh, just Incredible. jumping in there. Well, <laughs> nothing makes sense right you now nothing it. makes ah come on i'm still the smartest man in hockey um nothing makes sense i feel like i feel like i should pull an opposite uh, george costanza here remember it was opposite george on seinfeld wally just whatever you think go the opposite so yeah. ottawa should win this game they're at home chicago's awful uh they're talking about trading patrick kane but i, I don't know how they lose this game and I'm with you. I don't care about who's in nets. Uh, 
So I'm just going to, I'm going to do the Andrew Hammond here. I'm just not going to think about things. I'm going to have a, I'm just going to go by instinct. I'm going to go, I go in Ottawa too. Ottawa's going to beat Chicago. So put me down for a Senny's win. This is an interesting one because, uh, here you go, Wally. Ottawa's on a roll, clearly. Um, Chicago's got to win a game at some point, you think, right? Like they've been awful of late. Luke Richardson returns home. Uh, I think this is his first game as Chicago's head coach in Ottawa. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead, take Chicago. I'm going to go with the, uh, it, and now I'm going to take the Ottawa Senators. I I can't uh, chicken. They give me no reason yeah. to pick against them at the moment. I agree. They're, they're just you know what, and they're scoring five on five goals. Yep. Yes. Special teams are good. So. Should I mean, be an easy only, pick. Here. They've only got one power play goal in the last two games, I think. Yeah. At home. Yep. Retiring yeah, Nealer's I... jersey. It's going to be a buzz in the building. Oh, that tends to be a go against the home team usually. Yeah. Well, cool. you can change. You can change your pick. No, I'm not changing it. But Ottawa will have a slow start. I, I think Chicago will score yeah. first, though. Uh, by the way, the over-under, just for a little – Shits and giggles is six and a half. Whoa. I'm taking under. I'm only taking under because of the slow start and the Nealer event. And there will be a longer feeling out process and guys getting back to normal and things like that. I, I just think it's an under game. Very wise. Yorkie? We doing over under too, or I thought we we're just taking a winner here. Yeah. Just no, no, we, we're just all right. Just pick the over/under. We're just spitballing here. Yeah, you know what? I, I think the goalies will be. I, there's no way. There's no way. Whoever they start, whether it's uh, Sogard or Mandalazi, they're, they're they're not doing what they. Well, who knows? Maybe they will. I'm going over. I'll take the over in this one. I see lots of goals wow. coming in this one. Yep, lots of goals wow. coming. I in think there. it's. I, I think it's under. By the way, the goaltenders the last two games a 9.41 save percentage combined. They've. Uh, mm-hmm. Had 85, so Ottawa's been outshot 85-59 in these games. Uh, they do need to find a way to play some some better defense. You're right. They didn't deserve to win probably either one of those games. But that's what gets exciting. Did you guys, were you nervous for Kevin Mandelizzi in the shootout? I wouldn't say I was nervous, no. Um, no, I thought, no, you know what? When Hammond said something earlier, it registered with me that he's more of an athletic goalie. And those are those are harder goalies to beat in a shootout. Um, so I, I don't think I was watching that at all, to be honest with you. Okay, I knew they were going to win as soon as it was as soon as it was tied. Uh, even though Islanders yeah. Islanders can't score really, they they can't they really score. Can. They got they got so much pressure on them right now. They made the trade for Horvat. Um, I watch Barzell play, Bobby. I'm watching this guy play, and I'm like, how does he not get a hundred points? But it just seems he possesses the puck the whole time and. Not a lot happens after that. Like they, he has it all the time. Yeah, but they're. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They're they're a funny team. They're a funny team. They're they're good team. Like if you look at their possession and what they do in that game, like they should have won that by a large margin. But I don't know. It was weird. The one thing about get in. if they do, yeah, because they play playoff hockey, right? They play yeah, playoff yeah. hockey. But uh, man, I, I was just talking about Mandelazi. He he was reminding me of Hasek. He was lying on the ground. Hammer talked about sticking the leg up in the air. Like it was, I remember him, he was, he went to slide across once. He didn't quite slide, but the guy hit him with the puck. Like it was, 
it was uncanny some of those saves he was making. But you knew you just had a feeling Ottawa was going to win. That they everything was going their way and get it to a shootout. Stutzla five hole, and then Batherson. Like they're they're just they're so. I don't know, Bob. When you do those shootouts, it just seems Ottawa's skilled guys. Yeah, it's not that they don't care. It's just they're going in. They got so much confidence when they're shooting. They do. Very, very gifted shootout players on 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 Ottawa. Guys that can beat you in a number of different ways too. Yeah. Why? Okay, Bobby. Why do they seem so slow? I always thought if you're gonna try and score shootout goals, speed is always in a factor. And Stutzla and Batherson. We're fairly kind of like you. That's kind of just going in. Well, I I always kind of figured I would start to the puck a little faster and then slow down kind of at the blue line too. It, it's just to get the goalie on his heels instead of his on the balls of his feet, right? Goalies want to react by pushing off yeah. that. And for me, if I could come in fast and slow it down, just like I I wasn't dramatic about it. Like a lot of guys now go wide, and it's harder for a goalie to set his angles and things like that. But I always wanted to come in with a little bit of speed and then slow down. And then kind of assess where he was standing and things like that. So um, there's a method to it, but you know these guys too. They just I, I think both of them in particular have three or four different ways they can beat you, and they want to make a decision as they get to the top of the circle which way it's going to be. Do you love the attention of it's the crowd and everybody's focused on you at that moment? I, I never thought much about it. I got to be honest with you. Never really did. Um, I, and I would say that a lot of players don't, unless the game's on your stick or anything like that. Like, I, I just think it's you, – you can separate the two very easily, and I was always able to do that. Interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah. Finally, before we go, we have our contest winner for the uh, Montana's $100 gift card. Uh, go to Montana's uh, Barbecue and Bar. Uh, download uh, their app if you want. You can also skip the dishes with them. Uh it's Mondays, half price wings. Tuesdays is $5 tacos. And uh, Wednesdays is all you can eat ribs. Uh, the winner uh, in the $100 gift card from Twitter, from Twitter, I should say, at Ryan Racine. Uh, that is our winner, at Ryan Racine, EDU. So he'll be, you'll be contacted shortly uh, by our multi staff member. I don't know. We have lots of people. Uh, they'll let you know and they'll get you the gift card right away. Uh, boys, enjoy the weekend. We will see you guys next week. I know, Bobby, you're doing it. You're traveling, uh, but uh, yep. we'll see you at some point. Guys, take care. Uh, have a great weekend. Thanks for watching the show, everybody. You too, guys. Hey, take care. Have a good one. Coming in hot is brought to you by Botano.ca. Please hit that like button and subscribe to our channel to never miss an episode.